when we come into the studio here at Ransomed Heart to record podcasts, we don't just start talking. We don't even start brainstorming. We don't start by sharing notes or preparation. We pray. And so we're actually going to go back and let you in on how we pray. Jesus, first off, we just begin with personal consecration. We consecrate to you again in a fresh way today our body and our soul and our spirit. We consecrate to you our hearts today, our thoughts, our minds, all of our preparation or the lack of it. We consecrate to you our hunches, our intuition. We consecrate to you even our experience and our understanding, body, soul, and spirit, heart, mind, and will. First, we give ourselves over to you again. And we pray that the blood of Jesus would cleanse us in a fresh way today. Oh, Jesus, just let your blood wash our spirit, soul, and body, our heart, mind, and will. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would restore us in you, renew us in you, Jesus. Oh, restore our vital union with you. One heart, one mind, one life with you, one will. And then, Jesus, we consecrate the studio. We take authority here. And then, Jesus, we consecrate the studio to you, and we take authority here. We take authority over podcasting. We take authority over the equipment. We take authority over the day here, our studio, our outpost, and we enforce the kingdom of God here. We command the kingdom of God here. We bring all things of Ransomed Heart podcasting. We bring all things of today's recordings. We bring our sound man, Art, and our producer, Alan, under the rule of Jesus. We bring Craig and Stace and me under the rule of Christ. We bring today, and we bring Ransomed Heart podcast. We bring all of this under your kingdom, Jesus, and under your authority, and we command the kingdom of God here. We bring the full work of Jesus Christ against every enemy that would try and enter in today. I can sense distraction. I can sense discouragement, accusation. We don't have anything to say. We're not a part of this. All of that, the mockery of the enemy, we cut off in the name and authority of Jesus Christ with the work of Jesus Christ. We sever the enemy here. We bind and banish him in Jesus' name, and we invoke your kingdom, Jesus. We enforce your kingdom here. Holy Spirit, we surrender our assumptions to you. Mm. We surrender our agenda to you. And we ask you, come and lead, come and guide, come and fill us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you. We worship you. We name you as Lord as well. For the Lord is the Spirit, as the scriptures say. And so, Spirit of the living God, come and fill today. Fill our team. Fill our thoughts. Lead this. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And oh, what a difference it makes. Uh. Friends, if you've been tracking with us, we are at week six, with a final week in a series we've been doing on prayer. And the last four episodes, I've been reading some excerpts out of the new book, Moving Mountains, the subtitle of which is Praying with Passion 
confidence and authority. And this is our final installment in this episode on prayer. Craig, Stace, as we kind of wrap up on, like, what's been your experience? How has Moving Mountains changed the way you look at prayer, the way you are praying? Well, okay, I'll just jump in and go first here is that it has given me so much more confidence in my prayer life in knowing again more deeply who I am to my father Mm. and the role that he's given me to play, that I'm not doing it alone, that I'm doing it with him and by his strength that he wants me to pray, to partner with me, and that Here's the thing. is the whole deal about fixing your gaze on Jesus. You write about that first and then, you know, expanding on who is it you're fixing your gaze on? What is he like? And spending some time there first. Mm-hmm. This expansive God, this God of what? A hundred billion, billion sons, how many, however you say it is. But right. I mean, his glory, his strength, his majesty, he's holding the whole world together, the universe, the galaxy, this is who he is, mm-hmm. what he's done, this God who gave everything for me. Oh, that's who I'm praying to. And and so that's been a huge shift. Yes. So praying with confidence, as well as, again, the importance of aligning myself with the truth. Mm. So I know that we've talked a lot about praying the daily prayer, but it bears repeating. (laughs) Just to begin, to Mm. begin the day by aligning my mind, my thoughts, my spirit Mm. with the truth of who God is and who I am in him. It really it has a dramatic effect on how I feel mm. and how I approach the day. And when mm. things don't go well, as they mm. so often do not go well, that doesn't have to throw me off. Mm. But mm. I'm growing and keeping my gaze on him no matter what. Mm. And one of the most tangible differences is when the difference between how you and I are when we wake up yeah, and 20 minutes later after prayer. Yes. Say more about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not always so pretty when I wake up, okay? <laughs> it's, it's very, very tangible. Yes. We don't typically pray together in the morning. Sometimes we do, but we usually get up at different times and we're praying our morning prayers and praying through the daily prayer plus every morning. I mean, that's it. Like, that's a given. Nothing else happens before that. Nothing. And the difference is pretty huge. And if you were to just go into your day based on how you woke up? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's not <laughs> compared to how – what the shift just yes. a- after you pray. Yeah. Yes. I don't necessarily wake up a believer in the morning, you know, but to shift my gaze, like I may woke up with very little hope. Right. But after fixing my gaze and praying and aligning mm. or – bringing in his word. And yes, there may be a cup of coffee involved as well, but the the power is in in God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Craig, what about you? What's changed or what's changing? Yeah. First off, I say I'm the beneficiary of people who pray with the confidence that they can move mountains through the whole cancer thing. I was so aware that at times of uh, crisis and times I wasn't doing good at all, that people were praying for me. And I have never felt as I did then and since that the prayers of others are making a difference in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't know who they are. 
I have surrounded myself with people who are praying for me and I could just tell that doctor's reports and how I was feeling and a whole variety of things intuitively or Christ telling me or some sense of their prayers are actually encouraging you. I just knew people were praying and mountains were being moved mm. around me. So mm-hmm. I experienced it on the other end. Yeah. And what the result of just learning a lot about prayer through the cancer thing is what's changed is I just so remember so much of my Christian life being kind of dutifully praying and covering the basis for someone versus intervention with the expectation that God is going to do something. Whether I see it or not, Mm. he is going to do something. Mm. Two days ago, a young woman came in to see me, and she was just complaining about how out of sync she felt with God and how flat her spiritual life is. And she was going to sin and shame and contempt and that she needed to obey God more. And just you could just see she was kind of confused and lost. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, let's go after this thing right now. Typically, it's easy for me to go, oh, yeah, well, it's common. <laughs> and just pray kind of a... Jesus, come. And I can juice it up so it sounds, you know, really <laughs> spiritual, really rants apart. But there's just this moment of, if not now, when? Yes. Let's go for it. Let's do yeah. this. I think there's some yeah. warfare here. I think there's some agreements made. Let's go after this. So it feels like much more initiative to yes. intervene. Boom. It's empowering, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You get some of these tools in your hands and you get some experience with this and you're like, oh, bring it. Come on. Let's throw this down. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And you see results from, yeah. from those kinds of prayers. Yeah. One of the things we weren't able to go into in the last several weeks together is we actually only talked about kind of the first half of the book, gang. There's a chapter on consecration and how consecration works and what it means to consecrate your home or your work and what it means to consecrate personal things, your sexuality, Mm. uh, relationships, and what a difference consecration makes, bringing things out from wherever they may be wandering and bringing them back under the kingdom of God. Chapters on prayers for guidance. How do you pray for guidance? How do you receive guidance? Yeah. I think, John, just to point out that there's times when it's warfare prayer that's needed where just a a simple little generic, give us the victory, Jesus, isn't going to do much. And to know how to go after the enemy, discern who the enemy is, Mm -hmm. and then bring the full truth and victory of Scripture and Christ Mm -hmm. to it, Mm -hmm. really helpful. There's a ton on praying the scriptures mm-hmm. and a teaching on that. That's so powerful. You mm-hmm. know you're praying the will of God when you're praying the scriptures. Right. Meditating and praying those or growing in listening prayer. There's a section on, on restoring the soul. Yes. Like, huge. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted our listeners to know there's a whole other section of the book that's 
very practical guidance chapter by chapter into different types of – so how do you do physical healing prayer? Yeah. You know, if that's kind of new for you, how do you do inner healing prayer? Mm-hmm. And how can you facilitate that and facilitate the presence of, of Jesus coming? Just to follow up on something you said, Stacey, when you mentioned listening prayer, I have found that just in my own prayer time and life, I love that. I just love it. Mm. And I don't know when I was introduced to that, but it's only been recently. It's like God just downloads stuff Mm. and I'm not doing anything but listening. And so each of the chapters, whatever the topic is, Mm. it may introduce you to something new, untried, or even uh, you might be a little skeptical or a little nervous about. Mm. But boy, take it, read it, Mm. do it. Okay, all glorious, powerful, essential, marvelous, but can we talk about the last chapter? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like a good story reaches a crescendo, so does the book. And talking about that no matter what, and you mentioned, Craig, like praying with expectancy that whether you see it or not, that God is moving, just bringing us to the truth that God has won the victory, Mm -hmm. period. And even talking about the story that happens in Acts where James dies by the sword quickly. You don't hear any of the story, really. You just hear that he is martyred. It's one sentence. One mm-hmm. sentence. And then you get to hear about the intervention on Peter's behalf. But the truth is that they both prevailed. Right. And that Jesus has the victory. Yes. The believer has the victory in Christ no matter yes. What? Yes. In in Hebrews, the great champion, the hall of faith and those believers, you know, whether the ones are raising people from the dead or dying by the sword, we have the victory because yes. of God. It just shifts this whole mm. thing of I have to pray right. I have mm-hmm. to see the answers that I want and expect. Mm. It just removes so much pressure and brings the focus and the glory back to Jesus. Stace is talking about. Chapter 17, which is the end of the book, and the title of the chapter is Holding the Heart in Every Outcome. Mm. And one of the things that I introduce here in that chapter is, friends, we are maturing. I go on to say, I need to call upon that maturity now to hold two things that seem opposite before you, massive amounts of healing Restoration, goodness, and beauty are available to us as we take mature prayer seriously. But not every prayer will bring the outcome you wanted. And what will you do with that? And there's this tension within believers, but also within sort of Christendom right now. You know, there's a camp that wants so badly to see the breakthroughs and claim the kingdom and explore the deeper things of the kingdom of God and and awesome, far out, way to go. But what's kind of crept into that sort of side of things is, no, it's always breakthrough. Like breakthrough is always available and that's just not true. And it's not true in their own experience and it's not true in the scriptures. And unfortunately, I think the larger group are those believers who have not found the breakthrough that they wanted and their prayer life has not really seemed to produce much uh, fruit. And so they've kind of given up on it. Mm-hmm. They've sort of given up on prayer. And the example I use is the sower and the seed. 
Let me read from that. A sower went out to sow some seed. So begins one of the famous of the story lessons Jesus left recorded for us. You recall how it goes. Some of that precious seed gets eaten by birds. Some sprouts, but withers quickly. Some is strangled by those infamous weeds. Only one in four makes it to good soil. A famous metaphor, but I think we've missed one of the staggering implications. Less than half the seeds that Jesus plants ever bear the fruit he longs for. The Son of God is the sower. He says so himself. And then he honestly admits that even his efforts prevail only some of the time. Not all of the time. Some of the time. One in four. Jesus implies that his batting average is about 250. And this is Jesus we are talking about. The man who walked on water, calmed the storm, fed 5,000, raised Lazarus and a few other people from the dead. What do you make of that? You're going to have to come to terms with the partial nature of this life. Hmm. Have you come to terms yet with the partial? Now, the longing for life is the driving force of all humanity. We can never give up longing and wishing while we are thoroughly alive, wrote George Eliot. There are certain things we feel to be beautiful and good, and we must hunger for them. It is our longing for life that compels us to pray. The same desire sustains us through long and difficult prayer. When we see what is possible as the kingdom of God invades this world, hope surges within us, and that is good. But then I'm just going to talk about how Paul saw some pretty staggering answers to prayer as he fought for the beachhead that was early Christianity. He healed people. He cast out demons. He brought salvation to thousands. He raised the dead. But he was also stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked three times. Five times he received the 39 lashes. He faced many sleepless nights. He knew exposure, hunger, cold. And remember, all of heaven was committed to this man being successful. His life was magnificent, powerful, triumphant. But no, Paul did not try and make his life like retirement in Hawaii. He knew there's only one paradise, and we are not there yet. And so I ask the question again, have you reconciled yourself to the partial? Are you able to hold on to your faith when only some prayers are answered? It takes a genuine maturity. Most people don't even try and learn the ways of the kingdom. They just go about their days with a practical agnosticism, hoping things work out, tossing up prayers like they hope to score on a Jesus lottery ticket. They have little to show for it. Others discover the possibility of breakthrough for sons and daughters, allies of God. They begin to experience breathtaking results. And then their Eden heart gets confused about what it means to be victorious. We can always be victorious. It just depends on what you mean by victorious, or better, it depends on what God means mm. by victorious. I'd love to share just the story of uh, being in great pain in ER, and then, you know, my prayer, Jesus, come, Jesus, heal, Jesus, do something. And he comes, and as you're describing, I'm caught up in his presence and with him, and I'm seeing life clearly. I mean, he asked me to pray for others. 
he asked me to forgive others, to worship him. And I'm not saying I would say all this, but I still had cancer, still was in pain, but... Mm. Something shifted. Yeah, yeah. And I still had cancer, but I didn't feel like it. And it was as if I didn't. Yes, so good. Friends, this book is going to help you with your prayer life Mm. in some pretty powerful ways. But it's also going to help you walk with God in those times where it doesn't seem like prayer is being answered. And that's kind of where we started the whole thing about God is growing us up, Mm -hmm. right? Back in the first installment here in this six-part series, we were talking about how God is growing us all up. Mm. And the goal is maturity. And maturity is not unending breakthrough as much as we all wish it was. Mm -hmm. God is up to other things. Sometimes... You know, we may want to see a relationship restored, but what God is doing is something deep in our own character Uh or in theirs. Mm -hmm. And restoration is not going to take place till those other things take place, right? Right. Yeah. So it's not snap your fingers and all is well. This book's going to teach you to pray in some powerful ways, and you're going to see all kinds of new results. And the last chapter is holding the heart. In every outcome. Yeah. What I hear you saying and what I read and what I love Mm. is that in growing us up, God is about crafting the beauty of Jesus in us. That's the highest goal. And so Jesus prayed powerfully, effectively, and he kept his gaze fixed on his father and he knew who he was as a son And he suffered. Mm -hmm. So we get it all. Mm -hmm. And we're not abandoned anywhere in it. And we get to grow Mm -hmm. in all of it Mm -hmm. with God crafting the beauty of Jesus in us. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Craig's got his arms raised. (laughs) It's true. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, friends, I think this is going to be a really big gift for you. I think you're going to love it. If you haven't picked up Moving Mountains yet, wish you would. This is going to do you so much good. It's a new book on prayer, praying with passion, confidence, and authority. And it's available now here at Ransomed Heart or wherever it is that you get your books. And this is going to conclude a six-part series on prayer, and we're glad you've traveled with us through this. You've been listening to Ransomed Heart Podcasts with John and Stacy Eldridge and Craig McConnell. Yay. Loved having you. <laughs>